I think you all are amazing. But you know what? That's not what makes you amazing. What makes you amazing is that it's true that you're amazing. Because Jesus has said that's true. Because God has made you special and unique and given you gifts. And your only judgment of value comes from him. And he has already declared you to be infinitely valuable, so valuable that he himself, that God would come down, that Jesus would die on a cross for you. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, and this is Contemplate. I'm Ron Hagelgans, always glad you're here, as today we bring you Part 7 and the conclusion in our series, What's Your Unique? This teaching about our personal value and self-worth is really a blessing. And as we begin today, Pastor David is talking about the misconception that some people in the church, like elders or whatever, have greater value or importance than others. Not true at all. Here's Pastor David with today's lesson recorded live at Acts Church. There are roles in the church, like there are roles anywhere, like there are roles in your body. I don't eat with my hand, right? I eat with my face, right? I don't walk on my hands. It would be a mess. Some people, I've seen it done. That's not happening, Um, right? Our body has roles, not differences in value. Yes, there are certain roles who have authority, which is just a call to greater service, service, not lording something over anybody, service. And it's not the authority of the person. It's the authority of Christ, as he tells us, as we've looked at the Great Commission, all authority is given to me, Jesus Christ, and I'm telling you to go. In other words, I'm, you, can, you can have my stamp, some of my authority to do these things, but it's my authority. You don't get to use it as your own. You don't get to use it to harm. You don't get to use it to feel superior. You don't get to use it to be above or to be great. It's I'm the one who's great. I'm the one who's great. There's no vertical line, not in the church, not anywhere else. We try, this, this happens to us everywhere. I see it. I see it in the world greatly. I even sometimes see it in the church. Those who are made to feel superior or inferior, it's not from God. There's only one place that comes from. There's only one place that comes from. Every role in the church is a role of service. Every role in the church is a role of service. Every part of the body, that means every one of us, is important. There's not, this one's more important and this one's less important. How do we defeat lies? We defeat lies with the truth, right? If we believe a lie, we tell ourselves the truth, we get right. What's the truth? Value is not found in fake vertical lines of greatness, but in who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ. Anything else, any other system is a lie. It's a lie. The world wants to rate you. Wants to rate you on things like, oh, how wealthy are you? Oh, did you do something bad in your past or something good in your past? Are you athletic, good looking, young, old? How much education and on and on and on and on and on. And then we, then we create these lines. But the thing is so ridiculous. Let me tell you why it's ridiculous. Because everyone draws the vertical line with different values so that the most people possible are below them. 
don't know if you ever noticed this. But if you're less wealthy but very good looking, you'll look down on the wealthier person who's not as good looking. So you'll put wealth as something below looks. Or if you are the opposite, you're wealthy but not as good looking, you'll say, well, wealth is more important than good looks. And whatever you do, you're trying to create the line so that you can be above as many people as possible and have as many people as possible below you so that you can feel okay about yourself. You can configure that line a million ways, right? But it's silly and it's sinful. It's silly and it's sinful. People do this. I've seen this lately. I think in culture we've seen it a lot with race and gender, things like that. Especially for those who feel like maybe they're moving down the line a little bit. They're not as high on the line as they think they should be. And so then they start grasping onto things like what color their skin is to try to feel superior to other people because they're scared that they're not as valuable, that they're less valuable than they were one time, or that the, the culture or, or the rules or whatever that's happening in the culture, the way that things are going, they're losing their value. And so they've got to find a way to push more people down and push themselves up. This is wickedness. This is evil, darkness. And this is what the human heart does if we allow ourselves to believe that the system is one of vertical values. It's the opposite of loving your neighbor as yourself, right? And for those who tend to get rated the highest on the vertical line by the most people, the ones who maybe have the most money and are the best looking and have the best job and have the whatever, and people put them up in this place way up here. Because for most people, it's easy to put some people way up here and then some people way down here. The place where they're fighting and, and, and having, having damaging one another is with those who they see as real close to them on the line. As many of those as possible, they want to get below them. But some people happen to get regularly put kind of up high. And the thing is that they have the hardest time accepting this truth about the fact that that vertical line is not what makes your value. Why? Because it benefits them. Because it benefits them, right? They have the hardest time with the truth. It's always hard when you have to give something up. When the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he's like, oh, you've, you know, do all these things. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm perfect. I've never done anything wrong. He's like, okay, go sell all your stuff and follow me. He's like, well, I don't know about that. Because he had a lot of stuff. And for people in society who tend to have an easier time on this vertical line, they're unlikely to want to see it the way that Jesus says it is and the way that it is. They're, they're unlikely to want to see the truth. Who was it that wanted Jesus dead? It was those who stood to lose the most in their minds from the truth on this issue, right? The Pharisees and the leaders of the people, those who lusted after power and authority and praise and superiority, is it any wonder that they're the ones who couldn't stand Jesus, who truly had power and authority and came to say it's all nonsense? You don't get to be more valuable than anybody else. This is what Jesus says about the scribes and Pharisees. Matthew 23, 5 through 7. But all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. That was something good back then. Um, they love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues. 
greetings in the marketplaces and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. What is this about? The best seats. Oh, I'm the most valuable. I'm more important. I get to sit up here. I sit in this place in the synagogue. I sit at this place at the wedding feast. I, I'm, you're coming to me. You're looking at me. You're checking out my phylacteries, my broad garments and all that stuff. You're calling me rabbi. Right? They loved it. They loved it. Because in their mind, it meant that they were here and other people were here. And that was just us, their people. You, want, you don't want to be a Gentile or a woman in their mind. Now you're way, they can't even see you on the vertical line. They're so far above you, thanking God that he didn't make them a woman or a Gentile. And in all of this, all all the oppression and darkness and evil that we have seen has often been related to the fact that people have wanted to be up on this line and were willing to do whatever it took to keep others below them. Jesus actually had authority. Actually had power. And they couldn't stand it. They could not stand the idea of loving their neighbor as their self. They couldn't stand it. Because that it meant that instead of their own greatness, instead of their own superiority, they had to live a different way. These people loved the darkness rather than the light. Jesus speaking to a Pharisee named Nicodemus in John chapter 3 explained both how to escape condemnation and receive forgiveness and life, and also why those who chose not to receive forgiveness and life and believe in him, why they were condemned. This is what he says. We're going to start in verse 14, John 3. and read through verse 21. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Listen, the world's system of greatness and superiority is darkness. It's darkness. It's evil. For some, it's like a warm blanket. Even some who see themselves as low on that scale, it's like kind of like a warm blanket because they're used to it. They understand it. Even when it doesn't make them feel good, they can control it. They're used to it. They get how it works. And so they continue to propagate it for themselves and for others because we're scared to serve others. We're scared to put others above ourselves. We're scared to love our neighbor as ourselves because we're afraid of being taken advantage of, right? A legitimate fear. If you live like this, if you you exit from the rat race, from the game, from the vertical line, if you exit from all of that, what if people take advantage of you? What if people look down on you? Isn't that what you're giving them the opportunity to do? 
At some level, we all know the truth. We all know that this is what Jesus taught about our value, that there's no vertical line and all the rest of that. The disciples knew this, and yet somehow they still struggled, and they fought about their greatness, and somehow we struggle. Somehow we struggle. So why do we get caught up in this, even though we all know that what what we're talking about today is true? Why do we get caught up in it pretty regularly? Because we do not trust Jesus enough to find our value in him. The reason that you find yourself in these places, the reason that you find yourself feeling low and bad and valueless, and the reason that you find yourself sometimes feeling superior and talking down and gossiping and, doing, and, 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 and looking at people as lesser than yourself, both of those come from the same thing. You don't trust Jesus enough to find your value in him and believe what he said about you is true. You don't trust him enough. If you did, you wouldn't worry about that game. You won't be concerned about it. But the fact is, and this is a fact we have to face, that sometimes we just simply don't trust him enough to find our value in him, and so we seek it in others. Tell me how great I am. Tell me how beautiful I am. Tell me how smart I am. Tell me how good I am at this thing or that thing. Tell me something so that I can feel valuable. Right? Or I'll tell you something about you to make you feel less valuable because that automatically makes me feel more valuable, feel superior. And this is the game that we get ourselves caught in. Sometimes we catch ourselves in it and we're like, what am I doing? This is what you're doing. You're not trusting Jesus so that you find your value in him and not in other people. I think you all are amazing. But you know what? That's not what makes you amazing. What makes you amazing is that it's true that you're amazing. Because Jesus has said that's true. Because God has made you special and unique and given you gifts. And you're only judgment of value comes from him and he has already declared you to be infinitely valuable so valuable that he himself that God would come down that Jesus would die on a cross for you that's where your value is if you trust that if you believe that you should never be involved in a game that puts you above or below your brothers and sisters remember that one of the things that makes Christ's church unique, that makes us unique as a body, is that we follow Jesus' teaching about value. So we do not allow this vertical line of greatness and superiority to creep in to our body. But if we continue to seek the approval of the world, we begin to look like the world instead of looking like Christ's church, his body. It's, it's a pretty natural thing. If you are still in the place where that vertical line is still over there somewhere because you're not trusting Jesus enough, then what you're going to do is you're going to be seeking approval. Seeking approval of the world. Well, I don't want to talk about Jesus, not just because it's maybe not the appropriate time or whatever, but because I'm worried about what these people will think about me. I'm worried that they'll think I'm weird, that I'm odd, that I'm crazy, that I'm a Jesus freak, whatever. And in doing so, they're going to what? Put me down here and them up here. And I don't like the way that feels. So I won't do it. Because at some level, I'm still seeking their approval. The approval of the world. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't want people to like you. 
okay? At some level, we don't, or at least not wanting people to not like you. I don't think that's abnormal. But to seek the approval of the world, to be a friend of the world so that you can still feel good on the scale is only going to hurt you and it's only going to hurt the body of Christ. If we continue to scratch and claw our way up that vertical line to nowhere, we'll harm each other in the process. Jealousies, envy, dissension, and other works of the flesh will pervade the church and work to harm the body if we can't get this right. If we can't get this right. James 4, verse 4 says this. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Luke 6, 26. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. John 15, 18 through 19. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. What is the world? How does the world feel about you? It hates you. Welcome to church. Look, this is Jesus talking. That's not me. He's saying, look, if you're of me, they aren't going to say nice things about you. So looking for them to do that is a waste of your time as a follower of Christ. I'm not saying do things to upset people. I'm not saying do things to make enemies. I'm just saying don't expect friendship with the world. You will never make it up the vertical line because there is no vertical line. You're just wasting your time and causing yourself pain. If we choose not to be unique, we choose not to be unique, if we choose not to live the truth that God has made every one of us infinitely valuable and there's no vertical line to superiority or greatness, then we are simply believing the lie that the world is telling us and we're living in evil darkness. We, we have to be unique. We have to be unique as Christ's body. We must love our neighbor as ourselves, both inside and outside the church. We don't need to be afraid of feeling worthless or worth less, right? We don't need to be afraid of feeling like we don't have as much value as someone else if we remember what Jesus Christ has done for us on that cross and rising again to show you your value, to show you your worth. Listen, I don't know anybody that doesn't struggle with this from time to time. Satan has a way of getting into us the lie that we're maybe just not quite good enough. That maybe we just don't quite measure up. That there really is a scale and that somehow we aren't making it on that scale. And he does it in a million different little insidious ways. Right? You guys have one of uh, these probably. They've, they've done studies about, about like Facebook and Instagram and things like that. Those who spend a lot of time on those tend to be more depressed. Why are they depressed? They feel less valuable. 
Because all they see is all their friends' lives, which is to say the very best thing that ever happened, right, as their normal life. Here we go off to Hawaii again, and all my kids are perfect, and all the way, you know. And, and every Instagram photo is them in perfect makeup and the whole thing. And it's just like, oh, just woke up. And you're like, I don't look like that when I wake up. Right? I'm like, oh, just another day, this old thing. And it's like, wow, Sally and Susie and, you know, Janie are, are all looking perfect all the time. And their kids, there's another kid's report card, all A's. You don't want to see my kid's report card, Right? What are we doing? What are we doing? We're getting caught up. Sally's got a better life. Jimmy's got a better life. Whoever has a better life, whoever is more valuable, they're doing better. They're worth more. They're higher on the scale. And now I feel down here and I feel like they're up here. Listen, if that is something you're tempted to, get off of social media. It's a lie. Okay? Sally's got all kinds of problems. You should see her without makeup. Okay? Little paint will make a girl what she ain't, they said. I don't say that, but people have said that. Um, here's the thing. It's a lie. Satan will do everything he can. Listen, Satan will do everything he can to make you feel that way. Satan will do everything he can to make those around you make you feel that way. And here's the other one. He'll do everything he can to make you make other people feel that way. At the end of the day, all we can do as individual members of the body of Christ, is make sure that we don't fall in to the vertical line trap and make sure, right, that we don't create that problem for others. Instead, we need to be his body. One. One accord. Remember what one accord means? Rushing along together in unison. Can't do that. Can't be rushing along if every time I feel like somebody's rushing faster, I go out and trip them. Right? Ain't in unison anymore at that point. I might get ahead, but the body lost. You might feel better for a minute, but the body lost. And it's Christ's body. And you should care about that. And so for me and for you, for all of us, as we figure out what makes us unique, listen, this is something that had better separate us had better separate us from those who don't know Christ and don't believe in him, something that had better separate us is that we recognize our value. And in recognizing our value, we never feel a need to be more important than somebody else. In fact, we should be serving one another gladly, forbearing with one another as much as possible, helping one another to grow, but never being drunk on feeling like we are better than others, thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought. Instead, one body, in unison, one accord, working together, letting the power of Christ work through us. This is vital. This is vital. All this stuff with orientation, all these classes that we'll go through, um, as we learn to grow as individuals and as the church, they get nowhere. They get nowhere if we miss this. This is, like I said, part of original sin. And this will always, until Christ comes to set it right, this will always be the temptation, always where we will go but for his grace and remembering his cross. Because no one can look at the cross and step on ahead. Can't happen. 
You cannot be at the same time feeling the love and power and wonder of what Christ did for you on the cross and want to put yourself above someone else. It could never happen. And so if you keep that thing there, you won't make this mistake. It'll be easy. Who am I but a sinner saved by grace? In my case, the chief, the worst. And yet Christ loved me. Who am I to put myself above someone else? No, I'm here to serve. You're here to serve. No vertical lines, just one body. One body serving one God. And you've been listening to another Contemplate podcast with Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington. Hasn't this been a powerful lesson? Seems like we've all been affected by this whole problem of value and try to either move ahead ourselves or have been stepped on by someone else trying to do the same thing. Isn't it great how Jesus cuts through all the nonsense and shows us what's really important and how to live? Now, if you'd like more information about Axe Church, you'll find us online at axecamus.org. Again, that's axecamus.org. There you'll find sermon videos and, of course, all the info you need so you can come see us this Sunday morning. And I hope you will. Again, that's axecamus.org or call 360-885-9000. That's 360-885-9000. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Thanks for being with us today. Always glad to have you along. And I hope you'll join us for our next podcast with our teacher, Pastor David Robinson, here on Contemplate.